On today's episode, we have Annette Berkman, who, after becoming a lawyer, which she thought was her dream goal, she realized what she really wanted to do was take a long ride on her motorcycle through the Americas. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Shall we begin? Shall we begin? Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Dress Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio. Made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. The crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves, so they know what you want when you're exploring the world. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using this unique strapping system, and it's easy to switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. You've got to check out the buckles, the straps, the whole bit. www.greenchiliadv.com. That's www.greenchiliadv.com. Hi, I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray. David Peterson. Rachel. Ed March. Glenn Hickstead. Dr. Gregham W. Fraser. Dave Barr. Michelle Lampier. Tiffany Coates. Herbert Schmutz. Brett Tart. Zoe Cannell. Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins. Joe Ross. Jeremy Craker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Wick. Seth Simon. Elizabeth Martin. Bonnie Glaze. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. IMS Products has a full line of foot pegs designed specifically for adventure riders like you. The ADV-1, the ADV-2 series pegs are of a watershed design. And a larger peg makes leaning, pivoting from one turn to the next more efficient and offers you better control. I'm riding on these pegs now. Well, actually, I'm it's snowing out, so I'm not really riding on them right now. We've had ice now for a couple of weeks, but that's another story. But I can tell you that a larger foot peg is a modification that you will feel and appreciate immediately. It's not one of those things you stick on your bike and you just think, oh, well, I, I think it's doing something. No, you'll immediately notice it as soon as you get on your bike after you've exchanged the pegs. IMS makes their pegs out of cast certified 17-4 stainless steel. They're specially heat treated. They're made in the USA. They're very high quality pegs. Trip by their website at imsproducts.com. That's www.imsproducts.com. And of course, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Annette Berkman dreamt of uh, riding a motorcycle since she was a little girl, but it wasn't until she was 30 years old that she got a motorcycle license. In 2006, she realized that she had reached the goals that she had set for herself in life, but she still sort of felt unfulfilled. So she quit her job as an associate in a law firm in Denmark to go off on a motorcycle adventure. 
And as she rode through the Americas, she realized that while she left with the assumption that the trip would be her great achievement, she actually came away with much more than that, sort of a, a discovery of her inner strength and a new way of responding to challenges, adversity, and conflicts. Okay, my name is Annette Bergman. I am from Copenhagen in Denmark, and I love riding a motorcycle. And I am a writer and a speaker. Annette, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you. Now, you said you love riding a motorcycle, but you left out the part. You're really a lawyer, aren't you? <laughs> yes, undercover. Well, I don't understand. Why, why are you distancing yourself from that so much? Well, I'm, I'm not. It's just um, it, it, there's only two types of law I've ever enjoyed. That's contract law and copyright law. And I have been lucky to work in those fields. But my life is not a typical lawyer life. So, And, yeah, the way I live is, is not very lawyer-like. So uh, that's why it's, it's not – I don't really identify myself as a lawyer anymore. But, yes, it is my profession also. It's interesting because obviously it takes a, a fair bit of work. I mean, I think you'd have to take a few classes to become a lawyer, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Five years of law school in Denmark. So yes, I did my bit. Well, I remember reading when we were researching this story um, and it said that uh, you had a sort of a childhood dream of riding a motorcycle. Did that ever come to fruition while you were young? No, it didn't. And it's funny, when I was a, a kid, I never knew anybody who rode a motorcycle. But I always had, whenever I saw one, I was just like, I, I need to do that someday. It looks so fantastic. And it was quite funny because the first time I ever sat on a motorcycle, I, I, I really had an ease with handling it. And the friend I had who, who let me try his motorcycle, I was living in Berlin at the time. Um, studying abroad for a semester. And and he said, wow, you're, you're like a talent, you know? And it really did feel so natural to me. Uh, and I've loved it ever since. It's when I sit on my bike, uh, my, my life kind of makes sense in a way where, you know, I don't need to be elsewhere. This is just like a perfect moment. Well, I want to talk about the whole lawyer aspect because it is germane to the story, in my mind anyway, mm -hmm. because you went through a lot of work to become a lawyer and then you decide that that's not for you. And I, I know you are a speaker now. You you talk to people about these sorts of things about, um, well, well, what do you do? What do you speak about? Well, I do talk about how it's possible to live in a different way, how to face challenges and adversity and also to find fulfillment uh, wherever you are, even though you might not be, be in the ideal place. Um, so all of the things I basically learned on my motorcycle trip, those are the, the, the lessons I want to share with others. Because also I've made all the mistakes you possibly could make on a motorcycle trip. So. Just the thought of you going through all the work to become a lawyer and not finding that that was your thing, so to speak. Can you, can you just tell us briefly about that and and how that um, sort of got you to where you are now, or, or turned you into a motorcyclist? Well, I think I, if I if I hadn't done law and postponed my my dreams of riding a motorcycle, I probably wouldn't have done the the big trip uh, across the Americas as I did. 
So I'm grateful for that and I don't have any regrets. It's brought me so many things to become a lawyer and many great friendships through that. So, but, um, it was more, I was never really passionate about it. And I, I chose law because, you know, you can get a good salary and there's some status that goes with it, but it was not for the joy of, you know, learning about law itself that I, that I chose that's to study it. And also with a law degree in Denmark, at least you can end up doing many different things. But if you started to become a nurse, you're basically stuck there. And when I was 18, 19, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So it was kind of a safe bet. And then I just, one goal took the other, you know, next exam and then uh, next good job. And then I got married and then a house and all these things without stopping and seeing if this is what I really want, want or not just what is culturally the right thing to do. And, and it wasn't until I got divorced that I suddenly started asking myself some, some hard questions because I could see that the way I was living hadn't made me happy. Um, even though I had everything that I was supposed to have and that was supposed to give me fulfillment and happiness, that's what you could read about or in the magazines or see on television. So it was like, but this is not it. And then I was traveling in South America for a couple of months, just backpacking. And I was sitting in the desert of Uni in a salt flat um, in Southern Bolivia. And I'd never seen any scenery like that in my entire life. I'd never seen photos from this place. And when I sat there, I just became so quiet. And I, I, I went away from the other travelers that I shared a Jeep with. And I sat there, and then there was a question that arose within me. I said, why? Why have you never done the things you really dreamt about, like riding a motorcycle? And on that spot back in, that's now 2005, I think, I decided, okay, when I come back from this trip, I will get my motorcycle driver's license. And I even remember I said to myself, and I know this is not going to change anything. I'm going to do it for the pure pleasure of doing it. It's not going to look good on my resume. I'm not going to get a big fat paycheck from this. It's just for me, just because I enjoy it. And then that ended up changing everything. (laughs) ironically. It's interesting. You said there's no regrets from you working to become a lawyer and then sort of scuttling that and doing something else with your life. That's really important, isn't it? Because I think often we feel like, I mean, you can sort of chastise yourself for a thought process that you think that, um, that maybe, you know, I've worked this hard to get where I am now. You know, I can't just throw this all away. Yeah. And and I remember that way of thinking that, but the thing is nothing is ever thrown away. And it's never actually possible to make mistakes. It's only what the mind tells you that is a mistake. But reality is reality. Something happens. And if you're open to see the possibilities in whatever happens, then it might bring you some place amazing. That you, I mean, I never thought that I would do the trip I did on a motorcycle alone. And I ended up doing it because I just took one step at the time and I followed, suddenly there was a flow and, you know, I even ended up getting sponsored by BMW Motorrad in the States. And 
you know, a Danish woman um, with a law degree, that's not the most likely thing to happen. You know, <laughs> if somebody had told me that would happen when I graduated law school, I'd say they would, they were nuts. You know, and, and I can also see that the reason why that that happened was also be, because of my law degree, because BMW consider themselves to be a premium brand and blah blah blah. So. You know, I could be a good ambassador for the for the brand because of my corporate experience. So, you know, you never know. And everything I've learned uh, through my, you know, studies and that I, I don't regret that, that. How can I? Because good or bad, anything that happens in our past makes us what we are today. So sort of gives you the strength or the knowledge or whatever it is you can take from whatever's happened in the past and sort of propels you into the future. Exactly, and and all it requires for you to really um, benefit for every, from everything that you've learned is to be open to to see where does this take me. But most people have a very narrow view of what is possible in life, and and then they stick to this this road, or at least a road that's well traveled, because it's also a safer option. You get less questions from others. <laughs> That's really it, isn't it? Because you even said yourself that you did, you sort of followed, I guess what society tells you you're supposed to do. You went and you, you, you got, you became a lawyer and you bought a house and you got married and the whole time you're finding that completely unfulfilled from that. What, what's the difference between goals and feeling fulfilled, like achieving your goals and being fulfilled from achievement? Well, Achievement for me is more that it's more ego driven, but a fulfillment is actually just being exactly where you are and enjoying that. There's no resistance to, to this present moment, so anything can arise. You're not constantly just chasing the next thing that's going to make you happy. And that's what most people are, enjoy, you know, are involved in. You know, what's the next thing that can make? me happy but when they get to that next moment they're not there to enjoy it because then they have to chase the next moment after that and that was one of the things I learned on my motorcycle trip that I could see that that habit of always being you know going somewhere wanting to become someone I had brought that habit with me and that meant that I always had to get to the next town you know to be safe or to be happy or whatever you know you know, and suddenly I just realized, but I'm spending most of my time wishing that I'm not where I am, even though I'm living my dream. And that's when it started dawning on me, wow, there's a different way of, of, of enjoying life. And that is to enjoy the, 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 the trip itself and not just getting to Alaska or Ushuaia or wherever you're going. That's a true traveler thing, isn't it? Where you often you'll hear people say that it's about the journey, not the destination. Fulfillment is is something you do for yourself, isn't it? It's it's something you you don't need to have a badge. You don't need to do a selfie exactly. there to to show everyone what you did. It's for yourself, for your for your insides. Yeah, and it and and many people will think, oh, that's really selfish. But the thing I could see in my life is that I've become less selfish because. I'm not so busy, you know, what are other people up to because I'm doing things that, that I enjoy. So I'm more pleasant to be around because I'm more relaxed, you know. Um, so it's got nothing to do with not being able to take other people's needs uh, and wants into consideration. Actually, 
you have more to give from because you're not struggling to get somewhere. Okay, so let's go back. So you're a lawyer. You you find that you know you're deciding that you're looking at things different. You went on this trip and you decided you're going to go back and get your motorcycle license. That's the catalyst for the big trip. What happens after that? Um, then I quit my well-paid job here in Copenhagen and. I, re- I do a test ride in Argentina just because I just got my license. So I thought, okay, before I, I throw a bomb into my career and my <laughs> life, I better check out. If, also because I hadn't traveled alone very much, no, not even with a, just a backpack. So, and I've never camped or anything. So it's just like, okay, I'll rent a bike in Argentina. And it was just like the whole universe lining up. So I rent this bike at um, a motorcycle repair or motorcycle shop called uh, Motocare in Buenos Aires. And the owner, Mariano, he was, I mean, I, the first time I met him, I saw him and I knew I can trust this man with my life. And uh, I mean, it was just, and it, it became true, you know, he, he was the most honest, decent man, you know, on, on the continent. So I rented the bike and I had some technical issues with the bike. Um, so I realized after this trip that if I wanted to ride a motorcycle alone through uh, Latin America, I would need to to learn something about motorcycle mechanics. So when I got back, um, I wrote an email to the owner, uh, Mariano, and asked if he knew a place where I could learn motorcycle mechanics in Buenos Aires. Because I thought, you know, I could learn Spanish at the same time and two, two birds with one stone. And then he wrote back and, and said, sure, you can come and do that in my shop. So I got an unpaid job with, with him in his little repair shop. And then I, I went to, to Buenos Aires and he helped me get a flat and uh, helped me buy my, my first motorcycle, which um, is a, a BMW F650 GS Dakar which I still have now on Danish plates. And um, yeah, and then after eight months in Buenos Aires, learning Spanish um, and then a bit of motorcycle mechanics, and I took off on, on my trip. That last day when you were a lawyer, maybe it was the day you walked out, maybe it was the day you gave your notice, whatever it was, that, that final switch that you flip where there's no turning back. Talk about that. Well, um, when I had the idea of going, it was just, I had no fear. It was, it was very strange because I never had that feeling in my life. I just knew this is right. So there's no fear about quitting my job and saying, you know, I'm leaving. But then when I got to closer to actually buying the ticket, (laughs) (laughs) I could feel some resistance coming up and some dread, you know, oh no. And then I could see, well, I've already you know, quit my job, so I better buy that ticket. <laughs> so you've either screwed up really bad <laughs> or or you've you're onto something big. Yeah. Yeah. So so and 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 then once I bought the ticket, then all the, the, the fear went away again. But I just had a couple of weeks where I was reluctant actually to, to do it and then I could see, but hey, the train is moving, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you better get on um because what otherwise plan, it's though? leaving without what was your Sorry? plan are you just are you just gonna go on this motorcycle trip and come back and then and try and get your job back or trying to get a job as a lawyer or oh, have you no, thrown no, in the no, towel no. completely yeah no there was absolutely no plan <laughs> so it was just go 
And I didn't know how long I was going to stay in Buenos Aires. I didn't know how, how, where I would go. I knew I wanted to go to Ushuaia because that was the end of the, the earth or, um, and, uh, or the, the southernmost city in the world. And I kind of felt that going down there would get to the bottom of things and then I could go north from there. So that was basically my plan. But as to my future, I thought I would never return um, to the law, but but I have since. And, and, and it's just been such a different experience because now I'm not in it for the money or, or getting anywhere, but actually to help people. So that's quite a wonderful uh, experience as well. What do you mean? What do you do? So right now I, I work for, it's just a, a temporary job. So I work for um, the equivalent of, uh, the Directors Guild of Canada or America, you could say. So I I advise um, uh, film directors on their their contracts. Um, so it's it's really interesting. I have great colleagues who are nuts in the good sense of the word, you know, who are very little lawyer like, and uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. So so I feel very very fortunate to be there. When you leave Buenos Aires and you head out, what's the first test you run into? Um, probably <laughs> even before I got out of the city, um, because I, I didn't know anything. And in, in, in Buenos Aires, I got a little bit sidetracked. I was learning Spanish, but then at the same time, I was trying to fit in. And I'm quite tall and I'm blonde. And I stick out everywhere with this big <laughs> motorcycle. So, so, so my attempt- can you just tell me how you try and fit in then? <laughs> yeah, uh, not very well. <laughs> so, uh, so um, I'm not really working on preparing for the trip. And two weeks before I'm leaving Buenos Aires, I haven't really thought much about how I'm going to do this trip. And then I talk to the guys in the shop and, you know, they are Argentinian guys and, so I asked, do I need, you know, motorcycle boost? No, you don't need that. Do I need uh, rain gear? No, you don't need that. Do, do I need a GPS? No, you don't need that. I didn't need anything because that's the way they travel. You know, they just go and, you know, I think in North America and in Europe, you have to have all the gear and, you know, be totally prepped. You know, I've met some riders in the States where they have all the adventure gear, but they probably never, their bike has never seen a dirt road. <laughs> Um, so I went in the opposite direction, not because I wanted to, but I was just oblivious to, to what do you plan? And it wasn't actually until I got to Ushuaia that I learned about Horizons Unlimited. So there's a guy who didn't even ride a motorcycle who said, Hey, do you know that there's this network and website for travelers uh, of motor- on motorcycles? And it's like, no, that sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I left, and then on the day, I wanted to leave because I left in December, so it's really hot, and I wanted to leave early, but before I left this, this shop, I thought, I better get a map of Argentina. <laughs> so I was riding around Buenos Aires trying to find a decent map, and I couldn't find one, so I thought, okay, I'll just go. And then it was basically noon when I left, and it was so hot, and there was so much traffic, so I was just stuck in traffic. <laughs> In, in all my gear and, and sweating like a pig. <laughs> so that was the beginning. At what point, I mean, you, you rode you rode to Ushuaia and you went up South America, you went in through Mexico, the United States. What was the turning point? At what point did you realize the, you know, the difference between your goals and being fulfilled by what you're doing? 
Well, I had an experience that was in southern Chile in Patagonia where the riding conditions were very rough for me because I was still in, I'd been on the road for two, three months at that point and uh, two, two months. So I was still inexperienced basically. Um, and the dirt roads were, were bad. There was a lot of rain, so there was mud and I was just scared shitless of having a crash. Uh, I didn't have one of those GPS tracking devices. So, you know, if something happened to me, I could, lie for hours you know and so I was riding in I would probably say that La Carretera Austral uh, I think it's route seven in southern Chile in Patagonia it's it was one of probably the most fantastic ride I had during my entire trip and I was so scared of crashing that I didn't really enjoy it and it took me about maybe I was there for 10 days or something where I was in a little town called Puerto Cisne and it was, it had been raining. And then the day I'd planned to leave, I could see, okay, it's going to rain again. And I, I didn't have rain gear, didn't have proper motorcycle boots. So I knew I would be, you know, soaked in a matter, in a matter of minutes. And I got out and I thought, should I stay? And I was like, no, I can't keep postponing, you know, leaving this little village, you know, so I decided to go. And as I packed and loaded my, my motorcycle, I, there was something that clicked in me. And I just looked at the sky and I said, probably out loud, <laughs> you can rain all you want, but I'm going to go and I'm going to have a great time. It's not up for discussion. And then I got on the bike and, and twisted the throttle and I was flying. And I couldn't believe that now because I wasn't holding myself back in, in, by fear, I wasn't holding myself in, in this grip of fear that I could enjoy myself. And it was, it was just amazing. Like I just hit a switch that completely changed my perception of, of reality. But nothing had changed. It was just my perception of it. And that was a big key. I could see, but it doesn't matter if it rains. I can still enjoy it. I'm living my dream here. How would you teach that to someone? Well, um, <laughs> that's a more complicated <laughs> issue. <laughs> I think we've all had um, we've all have had these experiences, big or small. There, it was just so clear to me that this had, had happened. But one of the things is just to, to basically just to be mindful of, of where you have your attention. Are you constantly trying to get to the next place? Then this experience is not available. It requires us to be able to be present right now with what is. And, and I think a method could be that everybody in life experience um, discomfort, pain, anger, fear, um, grief, you name it. And when we, for me, learning not to run from those difficult emotions and the difficult thoughts actually has been a key also to more joy, to more fun, because then usually we don't want to be where we are because it's uncomfortable. So that's why we run or we think that being somewhere else will make us feel better. So it's basically embracing what we don't like, what is difficult to handle, and 
somehow that it's kind of alchemy that suddenly in that the the joy is there too. I, I've said this, told this story before on the show, but I, I I realized that one time when I was in a situation where we had vehicles stuck and my friends were helping me in this particular case. And it was Sunday night and it was late and it was getting dark and it's quite a situation we were in. And I realized as I looked around, I realized I'm the only one having fun here. (laughs) No one else was actually enjoying this process. And it was arduous and it was aggravating and all those other things. But there was a, a, a real enjoyment for me. I always thought there was some sort of personality disorder or something, (laughs) but it sounds like, you know, you found it, you, you've sort of discovered it as, um, almost a thought process. Well, it's actually beyond thought, but it it was for me, yes, I have discovered it. And it means that I actually experience more discomfort now, but it comes and goes. It's just like uh, a little visit from, emotions or thoughts and then they leave because I'm not fighting them anymore and that means that my life is so much more joyful now not because I'm actually done with the big trips I still love riding but I don't feel like going on big trips anymore um so I don't need to be out you know on a big adventure to 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 feel that I'm living a great life and before, it was always and something big needed to happen. So do you see adversity different now? Oh, yes. That's an, really an opportunity to, to learn something and to grow. And really, even also an opportunity to, to get to know your own strength. Because if you really face it head on, it's incredible the capacity we have as humans to bear almost the impossible or inconceivable of what the mind think is impossible. But because we usually shut off and if, if you, you know, spend a lot of time on, on the internet or on Facebook or reading newspapers, it's all fear based. And I think everybody who's traveled by motorcycle, everybody who's travels, you know, oh, it's so many Americans say, oh, Mexico is so dangerous and God knows what. And there's, and there's always these dangerous places. And, you know, I rode through all of Latin America and I didn't even have a pen stolen. Not saying that it doesn't happen. You can get really unlucky, but it's not as dangerous that we make it out to be. You said when you you were going on the trip that you were worried. I mean, one of the things that concerned you was even just knowing motorcycle mechanics. So you, you went and you learned that. Really what you're worrying about is adversity. That's what you're concerned about. I mean, that's what everyone is concerned about. That, well, what if I get a flat tire? What if I have a breakdown? Exactly. What if I get injured? Without worries then, if you look at adversity as a, a, a time to, to learn and expand yourself, then you just have no worries. Exactly. And I could see that every time I only had one puncture and, you know, when it happened, I was like, in, that was in Colombia. I was 50 meters away from a, a, a motorcycle repair shop. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> very convenient. But every time, or if I had a crash, I, um, I was calm. You know, it was much, you cannot handle mentally what has not happened yet because you don't know what it is. So that's why the mind goes crazy of trying to come up with different ways of resolving something that hasn't even happened. But once something has happened, that's it. You know what to do or not to do. There's just clarity because you don't, you cannot afford being lost in thought. 
And I had that experience every time when I really, really, you know, was in, in trouble. Uh, then there was clarity. I wasn't freaking out. But I was freaking out when I was safe and okay on the bike of what could happen. I've always thought worry is a wasted emotion. It really does nothing for us at all, it, 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 except give us pain, emotional pain. But almost what you're talking about is faith. And I don't mean that in a religious sense, but it's no. almost faith, confidence in the thought process that this will work out and it will work out in my favor. Yeah, it is faith and it's nothing to do with religion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but even, you know, I had a, a, an accident, I got hit by a car in Mexico city. And even then there was the sense of being okay in that moment. What do you tell yourself? But th that's the thing. It's not something you need to tell yourself. First, there's so much pain that there's no thought. There's just pain. There's, there's no, when you're in so much pain that there's no conception of you're a human being and I'm here on a. Uh, on a highway in, in Mexico City, that there's no energy for that. So that's just painful. But then after that, then, well, you you have few options. So you you just go with what you, you what is possible, but you don't need to freak out about it. So you look at what you're going to get out of this, like what can I learn from this? What am I getting from this experience? Well, not in the situation if you get hit by a car. Well, of course, I was yeah. not, you know, <laughs> but, but on a smaller scale, when smaller things go wrong in my life, then I know it's just all, you know, I get upset about something. I always know this is an opportunity to learn something. And, of course, there might, sometimes I might not think <laughs> that I want to learn that particular thing, but, um, but I know I don't want to go into the old way of, of thinking about it and blaming also the blaming game is so so much waste of energy just like worry is so when you've done that enough and i've done my fair share in my life you you just stop at some point where you can say it's pointless we'll be back in just a minute with more from annette berkman well aero stitch still runs the ride more guarantee which is if you try any AeroStitch one-piece R3 or Roadcrafter classic riding suit for one month and you're not riding more than you did before you received it, you can send it back and get a full refund. No questions asked. How can you ask for more than that? You, you, I mean, you have the chance to try the suit out and they're so confident you're going to love it that they're going to give you your money back and not ask any questions if you don't like it. I'll tell you, I've been riding with the 81 pants for a while. And if you get a chance, drop by their website, www.aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. And of course, that forward slash ARR lets them know you came from Adventure Rider Radio. It'll also get you 10% off your first order or if you're a repeat customer, free shipping on your next order. So keep that in mind when you're going there. The 81 pants, if, if you go through their jackets and pants section, you'll find the 81 pants. That's what I've been using for quite a while now. Really nice fit on the pants. And I still enjoy these pants. I've got a lot of miles on them already. They've kept me warm and dry through all the weather that I've ridden in with them. It says www.aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. And anytime you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. 
Tour USA is a motorcycle rental company based near Seattle, Washington. Uh, Tour USA is associated with PSSOR, and of course you know that from Brett Tax from a rider skills course. Think Brett Tax, think Tour USA. So it's the perfect launching point for a West Coast trip to Canada, United States, or wherever you're going to go. The neat thing is Tour USA bikes are all equipped with adventure travel protection. So in other words, they've got Pelican panniers on there. They've got skid plates. They've got handlebar protectors, all the things that you need for an adventure. I mean, these are adventure people. Think Brett Tax, think Tour USA, of course. Now you can either go on your own trip. You can just rent a bike and go off on your own trip, or you can join one of their, their courses that they put on, one of the events they have. They've got guides, support vehicles, the whole bit. Tour USA is there to help make your dream ride come true. And you know, the thing I like about this is you can fly out with your helmet and your jacket or whatever, rent a bike, go on a trip, and then fly back home. Like, it's really easy to have a nice vacation. So www.tourusa.us. That's www.tourusa.us. And of course, anytime you're talking to them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. And now back to our story with Annette Berkman. You were on the road for 15 months. You did uh, 53,000 kilometers. That's uh, 33,000 miles. At what point in there did you really start to understand managing this conflict? I, I, I laid the foundation for an understanding, but it wasn't until after I got back and every day trying to live it a little bit more and screwing up ever so often <laughs> that it's been now more an ingrained habit. But of course, sometimes I forget all about what I'm <laughs> talking about now and I go into my knee-jerk reaction. That does happen, but it doesn't happen very often anymore. It rarely happens. And if I get very upset about something, uh, it's like I, I press the pause button. So I prevent myself from saying or doing the things that can be incredibly hurtful and can um, ruin relationships pretty bad or screw them up anyway. Because I think we've all had the situation, oh, I wish I hadn't said that, but I was so angry or, you know, so afraid or whatever was going on, that we do and say things that we regret. So that pause button is really, really important to have. And that's also one of the things that I learned from the trip because I was alone, so I couldn't talk things over with anybody else. So I had to learn to, to find a way to calm myself down. Uh, and I could see that this pause button was really helpful. And then out of that, suddenly I would start responding in totally different ways that I thought was not possible for me. Was there a point on the trip where things sort of turned for you or was it all in hindsight? Most of it isn't. It, it, most of it is, is in hindsight that I can say all this because I was <laughs> pretty confused on the trip, but, but I did have some moments of clarity where um but but because it, it's like the mind has a momentum that's incredible or our habits of, of how we we live and behave so it's it's like a big freight train and it it or a big container ship and it takes a while to slow down but once there's a willingness and once that's also the desire to to live in a different way then I think there will just be the natural tendency to try and, and, and respond differently. It's just when, when now if I'm triggered, I know that the most important thing is just to set aside that trigger for a moment. 
that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to deal with it, but just to be clear about where my response is coming from. Is it coming from just pushing away? Is it coming from fear or anger? Or is it coming from clarity that I'm actually seeing the situation as it is? Now, just a simple um, example of this, which has nothing to do with motorcycling, but I was in Berlin and I was in a cafe where, uh, in the former East Berlin many years ago, and um, the the waiters were really rude. And I was like, uh, why should I stay here? You know, they're rude, they're weird. And then my, my German friend said, oh, these um, um, uh, people who are mentally disabled, but they um, have this little job and in this cafe so they can earn a little bit of money. And, uh, and suddenly I didn't mind them being rude <laughs> because I could see it had nothing to do with me. And just that little shift of seeing things differently made me suddenly be very grateful for these people and impressed by what they were doing and overcoming to be there. So if you were going to teach someone who's about to embark on a motorcycle trip similar to what you did, and you're going to give them some of the keys to relaxing on the trip and managing conflict, I mean, and conflict isn't necessarily, I know that what you're saying is not necessarily, a, you know, an aggressive thing that happens. It can be any sort of conflict. Like you said, something as simple as you're getting served in a restaurant. Maybe it's a border crossing because yeah. that's a common one to deal with. What, what would be some key tips you would give? So um, together with a fellow writer and, and lawyer, um, Henry Mpolsky, who, who lives in Philadelphia, we've developed actually a tool for, for dealing with these things. And there's, there's four simple steps, and I use them every day myself. Set aside the trigger. Whatever you think is upsetting you, just set it aside for a moment. Then spot the story. Just the first thought that's entering your mind, notice it. And be the space for it. See that it's just a thought. For example, if someone says, you're a jerk, and I immediately go, he shouldn't be saying that. I notice he shouldn't be saying that. I just see that that is a thought. That is not reality because he's already said that I'm a jerk. Then the third step is state the facts. Just notice where you are. So that could be, and now I'm sitting here breathing. Can I handle this? Yes, I can always handle this moment. This moment is always really simple, but that my life is ruined, I can't handle this, I don't know what to do. Then we start getting really worried and, and we, we lose our focus. And then the last thing is to relax into the discomfort. So notice without any story what's going on in the body. Not, no need to analyze anything, just notice the physical sensations. Is the heart beating really rapidly because I'm afraid is there's not in the stomach? Is my hands buzzing? Whatever it is, just notice it and let it be. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to understand it. Don't try to tell stories about it. And doing this process over and over and over again when we get triggered. So set aside the trigger, spot the story, state the facts and relax into the discomfort. It really dissolves the conflict. And then the... It gives you new ways to dealing whatever, with whatever challenge you're facing. And before you, you use these four steps, you have no idea how you're going to respond. But clarity comes from this because we are not just mentally evolved in, in trying to figure things out. We're actually seeing things as they are. And this is part of what you teach. Yeah, that's also part of what Henry and I teach. We 
we've uh, created a business called the Living Peace Institute, um, livingpeaceinstitute.com. And um, so we do workshops, and this is for everybody. Um, we're both lawyers. We're both both motorcycle riders, but but it has got nothing to do with with those things. But it's from our joint experiences in in both professionally, but also with motorcycle riding. You know, what is it that triggers us, and, and how do we get out of it? Because no matter where we go on this planet or what we do, we will get triggered, and we think that just a little bit of more money or or uh, more adventure, then I will not have to get triggered anymore. But it happens. Even the wealthiest people <laughs> have many triggers, probably more than the average Joe. <laughs> so we can't protect ourselves. So when we can't protect ourselves, why not just embrace it and learn to deal with it differently? You've written a book um, that's called, I believe you're, you're just going to get it published in English. The working title is The Road to Getting Yourself Out of the Way. Is that correct? Yeah. What's yeah. that about? So th- it's about all the things I learned on my trip and everything, what not to do. Um, and also the thing, you know, the importance of getting yourself out of the way, you know, who you think you are, get that out of the way. Uh, the simple example with if somebody calls you a jerk, he shouldn't call you a jerk. Well, maybe he should. Don't take offense nobody's hurt from that maybe that's not going to be your best friend but you know we get upset about so many things that we have no control over we could just move away or if not we can decide not to believe whatever they're saying so it's it's basically uh, about my trip how I, I turned things around for myself and how to find joy wherever you are what not to do and, and mistakes? Did you feel that your trip was a bit of a disaster? Uh, in the sense that, no, it, not a disaster because I'm grateful for every mistake, but I did make an awful lot of them. So it's, it's analyzing your mistakes, I mean, which everybody makes in life, that's how we learn, <laughs> and, and sort of exactly. trying to find something positive in it and, and get something out of it. Yeah, well, yeah, seeing, you know, these things went wrong and, and what could I have done instead? But also knowing that if I hadn't made those mistakes, um, I wouldn't have become a little a little bit wiser. I remember one time I gave a talk in the States and there was a guy who came up to me. Because I'm always very honest. I'm brutally honest about you know what I've experienced. And, and then he said, oh, that thing, I can't remember what it was. So he said, that was really stupid. And I said, yeah, that was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then where's the problem? He thought that was stupid. I could only agree. Everybody was happy. But I also know that when we sit in our sofa very comfortably, it's very easy to be very clever on behalf of others out there. So what other lessons did you learn on your trip? What other lessons did I learn? Um, that we all have an incredible strength within, but we, that we have been conditioned to look outside for a bigger motorcycle or more money or more titles to feel safe and strong. And that does, doesn't give any real strength. We all have it within. And I've been amazed to, to, to find out how much strength I actually have, not because I'm special, but because I'm human. Um, so it's just about where to look, not to look outwards to, to get more things or more, even more experiences, 
you know, more or more travels, but, but to look inward and find what is already there. Um, and then the outside world becomes much more interesting because it doesn't have to be a certain way. I also think I, I used to live my life that things had to be a certain way before I could relax and I, before I could enjoy myself. And nobody gets to that point. Nobody has the perfect life, maybe for a brief moment, but then there's new challenges. That's the nature of life. Everything changes. Change is the only constant. So why not just enjoy that madness, but also incredible, you know, mystery of, of happenings and, and, and participate fully. And also the, the, I can also see everything that I feared that I have feared in my life that came true. When I faced that fear, I could see that there was nothing to be afraid of. It was all a lie. And that has, it still baffles me that, you know, whatever we fear, it's, it, if it comes true and we are present with it, we can see the illusion of that fear that it could never touch, touch us. And the interesting thing is, is when we worry about things, you know, you worry about being late for work and then it runs through your mind. Oh, if I get fired and then, oh, if I get fired, I'm already behind on that bill. And that means I'm really going to be behind and that could be, you know, I could be in deep trouble. And you just, your mind runs again, this thing of worry, which I think is a completely wasted emotion, but it's so easy to get caught up in it and not just once in a day, but to live your whole life in that constant exactly. fear where you feel like you're always running. Exactly. And that, that was the loop I was in. And, and, and for me, I had to get divorced and really be fed up with everything before I, I started to find a new way of living. But I can see now that you don't have to do that. Um, it doesn't have to get to that point, even though a crisis or, you know, something going horrible, horribly wrong is a very good teacher <laughs> because it's painful and you don't want that pain. So that's often when we start thinking, hey, maybe... You know, there's a different way of, of going about things. Do you have any advice for someone who might be considering doing a big trip like you did? Yes. Um, don't listen to any advice and follow your heart. <laughs> you know? No, but there's so, honestly, if, I'm actually glad I didn't read up on a lot of things about go doing a big trip because I think I would, it would have scared me. There's so many things that you should do. And the thing is, if, if it really feels right, then find a way to do it. Do a test ride like I do, but but don't just postpone it. There's so many people who live their life that way. And if it's something you really want to do, do it. Annette, thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And I've been speaking with Annette Berkman. You can find out more about Annette by visiting her website, www.annetteberkman.com. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Dress Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. 
The cycle pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio. Made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. The crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves, so they know what you want when you're exploring the world. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using this unique strapping system, and it's easy to switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. You've got to check out the buckles, the straps, the whole bit. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, of course, Elizabeth, who does all the work in the background, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike if you can. If you can't, well, I guess it's time to work on it, polish it, do whatever else you do in the wintertime if you're stuck in the cold and the ice. Well, here's a fun thing coming up. Next Tuesday, we record Raw for February 2017. That'll be good. It should be out later on in the week, so watch for that. Remember, you subscribe separately. It's a a separate show that we do, ARR Raw, and you can find it on our website, www.adventureriderradio.com. Hey, if you like what we're doing and you want to help out the show, drop by our website, same one I just gave you, www.adventureriderradio.com. Just search for Motorcycle Podcast. I'm sure you're going to find it. And click on the Donate button. The show is built on a model of advertising and donations to help keep things going. Anything over $10 is going to get you a sticker sent back at you in the mail, our way of saying thank you. And anything $50 or more is going to get you a mention on our Raw show. My name's Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. See you next week. This is Ken Duval here, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 